choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo, yo, yo. It's Kells doing the intro, which I never do. <laughs> and, um, oh, I, I should have told you this before we started, whatever. I got a special guest while I was on vacation, and um, I kind of fucked up. I was supposed to tell y'all last week we wasn't recording, so I, you know, I hate doing the last minute drops. So, got a special episode, and I saw you do the pronunciation proper of your name <laughs> on Twitter. It's all I, good. So uh, it's Judnik. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But it's Judniki, so. It is unique, right? Like yeah, it's unique, yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, you should do the French. Yeah, you heard that? <laughs> Swag. All right. So anyway, special guest, um, as you know, we, I named this podcast, uh, somewhere along the way, so we'll come up with a title, um, it's gonna be a little different this week, cause we all format, just wanted to give y'all something, so y'all wouldn't be like, where the fuck is shit, and, okay, so. And she wanted to hang out with me. Yeah, that, that, cool. too. that too, that too, <laughs> So, and we gonna change the format up a little bit, but not too much, so. As y'all know, we start with current events, but it ain't no current, only current, only events this whole, whole week has been this fucking election, and I'm just not talking about that shit no more, I'm fucking going to vote for Hillary on goddamn, uh, I want to say one thing though, so I'm at this new job, and it's this motherfucker that I work with, who's a Trump supporter, he claimed he not a Trump supporter, he just don't like Hillary, you know, and he's, they the same assholes, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's going through all his stupid-ass logic about why he's going to go. He might just vote Trump as a protest against Hillary. Listen, bitches. Yeah, that's smart. Listen, bitches. If y'all don't want to vote for Hillary, that's fine. Y'all don't like Hillary. So I think a lot of this shit about Hillary is a bunch of bullshit, but whatever. Write fucking Beyonce in then, okay? Don't vote for Donald Trump. Don't be an asshole, all right? Like, this motherfucker, I'm more qualified to be president of the United States than he is, and I'm unfucking qualified alright but that's like being like I'm gonna kill myself so you don't have to borrow my clothes like that doesn't make any logical sense like you just like I hate Hillary so I'm gonna vote like how is that getting back at Hillary like okay she loses and you're stuck with Trump where and, is she and we, if we get Trump we all gonna have what we deserve which is and, and you know who's not gonna be affected if Trump becomes president Hillary, Hillary Clinton, Clinton and none of these white people <laughs> meanwhile we gonna be somewhere picking cotton and I'm not built for that shit I'll be shot trying to run away. Man, I grew up in New York. I I went to school with the likes of Donald Trump. I don't have any patience for listening to a mediocre rich white man talk for the next four years. (laughs) So, if that's the kind of America y'all want, then better for you. Like, I had a... I mean, my coworker admitted that he was a Trump supporter because he owned too many guns and Hillary was going to come after his guns. And I was like, there is no white politician in America that is going to come after your guns. I Period. love guns. I'm not one of these. Hey, I I I bust my guns. I I love them. Um, you know, but every we don't need AKAs. We don't need flamethrowers. We don't need half this shit. And I like to shoot some shit. Nobody's coming for your guns. You fucking nuts. Okay. Three hundred thousand dollars worth of guns. He told me he had. For what? How? I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of everybody. But here's my thing. They be talking about the hood. How the hood got all these guns. I'm like, bro. You just told me you have three hundred thousand dollars worth of guns. 
that you personally own. And I was on a bus with several other large gun owners. So I was like, there's six of y'all in here, and it's more guns than I've ever known to exist near me in New York. That's weird that. Sorry I'm eating y'all too, but <laughs> it's one of them days. I'm back working now, long hours. I'm trying not to snack in y'all face too much. We're okay. both hungry. We're both busy, right. bossy women. Right. So, but that's a good segue. So, swaggy individual. <laughs> As y'all know, I should do intel, and I'm good on research, and I do my research, and I don't do it in like a stalkery way, I feel like. But I'm a lurker. I'm a stalker. I like to know things, you know? So, I did, I did a little bit of research, and I actually... Not that it matters, but I actually knew that I saw when you were on tour with um, Tyler and them. Mm-hmm. And I actually, Tyler was like the first. So when I was in LA, I interned for this dude named Omas Keith, who um, worked with them for a minute. Yeah. So I knew them through that mm-hmm. before, you know, all this shit. I know so that's, so that's when I started following. I was like, okay. So anyway, da da da. So tell us about your swaggy. Like, first of all, <laughs> where you go to school at? Uh, I went to St. John's. Um, I grew up in New York. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from East Flatbush. I went to a specialized high school on the Upper West, Upper East Side Where called Hunter College High School oh, okay. on 94th Park kid. for smart kids. Um, and then I went to St. John's. I knew that I wanted to work in um, fashion. That's actually what I wanted to do. Still kind of do. Um, I wanted to work in fashion, so I knew that I couldn't leave New York unless I was going to go to Europe. I wanted to take a gap year, but foreign parents, foreign black parents don't oh, understand don't what the that fuck shit. that is. <laughs> there was like, at school and you ain't gonna be working. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna go to Europe and like, I'm pretty sure if I can intern, I'm just never gonna need to go to college. Like, nah. and, my, and my parents were like, nah, we sent you to white school. It's like, you got to go to college. And I was like, this shit is unnecessary debt. And they were like, who cares? Yeah. So I went, I tried to do another gap year, junior year, and they were like, no. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, I ended up switching my entire major flipping into business school, staying an extra year in college, and I went broke before I could finish college, so I had to take a semester off, and that's when I, the whole time I was in college, I I used to do two internships and a job on top of college, I was working three jobs basically when I was in college, and um, all of them were unpaid, all of them were fashion, I was doing like sales stuff, like working in the showrooms with the brands, doing press and fashion shows, I used to do like all of the Mercedes Ben's Fashion Week shows, work after parties, all this shit. You know, just grinding. Big things. Just grinding, grinding, because I knew I was black, and I knew that I wasn't (laughs) rich. So the way that fashion works is that, like, all the interns are rich white girls that don't want to work but want to be in fashion. And then, exactly. And then the magazines want you because your mom is XYZ or you're in this circle XYZ, and you become a stylist, and you can make, you know, absolutely no money for however long because you're rich right. and you're just trying to meet another rich white dude. I was like a black girl being like, I have style, I have personality, I'm busting my And I butt. did this shit broke, bitch. Yeah, I'm broke as fuck. I can't fuck. afford that fancy shit. I got right. and, and I don't have any connections to bring y'all. I just know what this shit should look like and what is cool. And they fucked with me because I was efficient, I worked hard. I was always the last intern standing. The, my favorite thing about interning in fashion is you start with five people, and by day two, there's, like, three. And then really? by day three, yeah, because people think it's a joke. Like, there'll be kids who are, like, in med school who are, like, yeah, I just wanted, like, a fashion internship because I thought it'd be, like, they just think it's, like, going to be cool and they'll get to do cool stuff. They don't realize that, like, 
I had to buy groceries and do dishes and cut newspaper clippings and iron clothing. And I knew I had to do that stuff, but they weren't ready. So I was always the last intern standing. I was always the intern with experience. And when I took my semester off of school, I decided that I wanted to try music to see if maybe there was a way to actually make money before I was 45. And I started at the Fader. I worked full time there while I was literally the brokest I ever been in my life. I remember I, I was using my mom's cell phone. Um, as my phone and I got a job there after college did that for five years went from assistant to marketing manager and events and then I realized that events was really what I love doing and um, actually I left my job because of a huge sexual harassment complaint gone really 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 wrong um, and on I your behalf up, or somebody else I complained against my boss and they didn't keep it confidential so I knew that my time was going to be up Sooner rather than later, right. so I rather I walked out on my own two get feet. Them before they get you. Right, I didn't want them to disgrace me, so I just walked out on my own two feet. And I pretty much right after that happened, decided that I would never work a full time job again because I was just so violated and so like I was like I'm not built for this life. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so I've been freelance ever since, and I used to do I went into corporate stuff. I was doing What'd you like do on corporate. I did corporate event production, so I was an pr- associate oh. producer. I did like um, I did the Google Media Space at the Republican National Convention. That was the first freelance thing I ever did. <laughs> what was that? Uh, it was insane. It was like a ten <laughs> million dollar project. Uh, the one that was in Tampa, Republican oh. National, the Mitt Romney one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did that. It was the longest, craziest summer of my life. I was emailing wow. twenty hours I've a day. Seen that horrible. Horrible. 20 hours a day. Um, I had a team of 20 people that fell apart from the stress. I was like the only man left standing afterwards. And because I was new and I killed it, um, the company, which was like one of the biggest companies, the newer, bigger com- agencies out, mm-hmm. um, they were like, you have carte blanche. Like, you fucking killed it. So you are the highest paid freelancer we have in this position. And you are the... Um, you can come on any project you want that can afford to hire you. See, so, I like fly niggas, man. <laughs> I like fly niggas. Man. And, like, my homie was the director over there, but she knew I was a good, she knew I, I could work, you know? So, I, um, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of making other people look good. Like, my whole career has really been just straight up. Because people be like, what do you do? And I'm like, everything. So, it's like, my whole career has really just been, like, I hate something and I look over and I, and something, an opportunity presents itself and I jump. So I went from the corporate shit and I got really tired of that and I decided that I wanted to go on tour with artists. I wanted to continue doing production, but I wanted to work for the artists instead of working for the capitalist corporate people who would be like, how do I get black girls between 18 and 35 to buy this thing? And then I would be like, like this. And they would be like, nah, let me ask a white person. (laughs) So I know that feeling. Yeah. I just got, I remember I was in a um, meeting and we were trying to get Solange and Kendrick to do this launch real crazy, lots of money. And the woman called Kendrick Kendra. And I was like, Oh, I got to get out of here. I was like, I can't be doing this shit. Like these people are people I know. And like, so I just, I started becoming friends with a lot of artists. I started writing, and I wanted to do on tour. So I hit the road in 2014. My homegirl hooked me up with this crazy company that did, like, VIP meet and greet packages. And I hit the road with New Edition in 2014. And then I came home, and I hit the road again last year for six months with Rocky and Tyler. I was doing Rocky's uh, meet and greet stuff. I was mm-hmm. doing all his VIP stuff. 
and then I hit the road with them, and that was the best time of my life. And that was when I was like, yep, this is the life I want. Like, I want, I want to like have a house in New York that I'm never at. I want to wake up in a different city every day. I want to get away from the up and down of being cool in New York and all that nonsense. And yeah, and travel with like artists and all that stuff. And they all became friends. And all of a sudden, I was like, wow, I have friends that are rappers. <laughs> Um, and then I did Maxwell, and then I got this job at Kinfolk as the program director, and it was it's a dream job for me because as someone who grew up in nightlife, I've been working in clubs since I was probably 18, 19, someone who grew up in nightlife, someone who's like done all sorts of shit in this city, it's a dream job for me to be able to curate the culture in a real ass way, um, and not in that way that you niggas be talking on the internet about the culture, <laughs> like... I'm in charge of a place that is a that has some equity in this city. I keep um, threatening to go, but it's all the way in Brooklyn. It's so. Yeah. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, that it's right over the bridge, but still, it's like <laughs> that's like a that's like another state. If y'all not in New York, like nigga, to go with below one tenth is like. Well, everyone hit, Well, everyone thinks I'm crazy because I'll come to Harlem all the time, yeah, and my friends like, are like, "What?" And I'm I was like, like, "Yo, will you go to Harlem?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh," because I, I was like, "Cause I go to Brooklyn." I go to Harlem all the time. Like, I love having people at my house, but I also live in the deep recesses of Bed-Stuy. Like, I purposely live in the woods. But, like, I uh, I love... I mean, I grew up in this city. I I went to school in the Upper East Side, so yeah. I had an hour commute since I was in the sixth grade. So... And she knew how to get here, niggas. Let me tell you. Where I live at is so super simple, but I swear to God, I give directions and niggas be like, I can't find it. And I'm the like, minute you told me where you live, I was like, <laughs> niggas don't really understand when the two train go on the east side, when they get uptown, and how that shit is almost the Bronx, and like, you by the bridge, like... I'll be like, nigga, I literally live on the corner of where I live at, and it's a big ass, like, huge complex, you cannot miss it. Niggas, I'll be like, get off the train, go east, which way it's east, nigga, north, south. East West. I know, I'm very confused how, how much people get. Like in Brooklyn is different because Brooklyn is mm-hmm. words and names or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, in Brooklyn, once you if you can find a main street and just know that's Williamsburg and that's whatever, you can do right. north south. But like I was in Queens on Sunday and I don't understand Queens, but I feel like Manhattan, north south, east west. It's numbers. <laughs> like I don't understand how it's numbers. Are the streets numbers going up? Then you're going north, right? <laughs> This is numbered, so I'm always very I'm always very perturbed when people are like, "How do I get?" I'm like, "No, what do you count? mean?" I know. Oh my god! But you know, it's funny when the white people come up here and they be asking for um, they be like, "Oh, where's Eighth Avenue?" And I'll be like, "Oh, it's um, Frederick Douglass." Oh, where's and where's Seventh? And I'll be like, "It's Adam Clayton." Like, right. like they still don't get no asking next year. I'm like, "All right, you ain't oriented yet." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got it now. Like it's just names right? instead of numbers. Eight, seven, six, fifth. But it's what I talk about in this city. Like, people are so segregated and live... Like, there are people in New York that legitimately have never left their borough, never mm. left their neighborhood. Like, yes. growing up, when I started going to school in the Upper East Side, people were like, what you mean? Like, you get on the train <laughs> and you, like, leave the, the borough? And That's I'm like, true. Yeah, they were like, you go, to, you go to movies in Times Square? I was just talking about this last night. It's like, you go to the movies in Times Square? And I'm like, yeah, uh, I go to school in the city. <laughs> like, it's, it's a train yeah. and people are just like... It's and but you know what it is. People don't want to talk about it, but it's really because New York is wildly segregated. Yeah, yeah. And like this is like I always say, like one of the most racist cities in the country because it's done completely by class. Yeah. Like 
people in New York aren't going to be racist to you because you're black. They're going to be racist like to you because poor. you're poor, but it's because you're black. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to assume you're poor right. if you're black. <laughs> right, so right, right. they, the schools are segregated, all this stuff. And like, that's why I always walk. Like I just walked up here from 66th street. Man, far. I walk, I do it all the time. Like if it's warm outside, I walk because that's the only way that you can really track the city. Like yeah, I'll be in the Upper West Side and I yeah. stop at the light and motherfuckers yeah. are like, yeah, that's how I learned this city. But I still got oh, so I work down Wall Street right now, mm-hmm. nigga. Wall Street, no. I cannot. Work I swear it to out. the bank down there. I cannot work it out. I had to go to uh, the, the Apple store yesterday because my phone was. There's an Apple store down there. Yeah, I stay out of there because I can't figure it my, out either. So my phone was bricked. So I had to go to Apple store. The Apple store is in the Liberty Mall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm walking all around because I got the. I'm like, I know it's around here somewhere. I'm asking, you know, like a fucking tourist asking mm-hmm. niggas like, where the Apple store? Everybody pointing this shit. Wall Street, I cannot do the village. I can anywhere where it's not like, and then Queens is retarded. Like, yeah. Well, Queens is because every street it's Street Road Drive. 65th and 34th. <laughs> it don't make no sense. And then you got to be like Street Road or Drive. <laughs> I used to live sense. in Queens, so it's like, no, but um, I get lost in financial district yeah, all the freaking time. The time. I've gotten much better at it because you just I spent like Trinity Church. Five, yeah, and I spent like five. Or six years doing um, a lot of freelance stuff yeah, down there yeah, at South yeah. Street Seaport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, when I get out of there, I'm always like, yeah. let me pull up. Yeah. It's just because everything looks the same. Everything looks the same. There's no grid. There's no numbers. So and you everything just kind of know where you are. Exactly. And it's in a circle. I'm getting it. Like, I go out and I walk. But, like, because I went to... So, I don't know if I told you that. So, um, when I went to... My first college I went to was Cornell. And then I transferred. So, everybody at Cornell is from New York City. I'm from Philly. So that's how I become familiar with y'all New Yorkers. So all this shit you're talking about, I know. Because, like, everybody from Cornell is from New York. So that's how I know the high schools, the boys and girls, mm-hmm. the Bronx science, all this mm-hmm. shit, all the smart kids schools. And um, so I know how you, when you said, like, y'all don't leave your borough, I know how you are. Because that shit up there, that shit is serious business, man. I was from Philly. And, I mean, Philly is kind of, we, we, I, you've been to Philly, right? Of course. It's a city of neighborhoods. So yeah. it's kind of the same. Like, I'm from, so I was born, when I lived with my mom, I was born in West Philly so and my dad is from Southwest West like mm-hmm. on the border and that's where his business and shit was so my mom died I went to live with my dad who li- he lives we lived in like East Oak Lane Mount area area which is supposed to be like the nice area but mm-hmm. it's less nice now um, but we lived right across the street from the suburbs so niggas thought we was the Cosby's and you know I guess we kind of was like we, we we did okay but Philly is not like you know it's not the same like it's certain in neighborhoods. Well, Philly's working class. Working That's what class, I love about Philly. It's very city. working class. It's very city it's suburb. Very poor. Yeah, city suburb. It's, it's a, a city just, suburb. And people don't understand. Like, so mm-hmm. I have my I took, ex, there. I took her home and I and I was like, look. So we driving around. Like I live right on the border of um, Montgomery County and Philly. So okay. literally, literally, um, my my house. If you go down to the next corner, that's Sheltonham Avenue. Sheltonham Avenue cuts the city off. So we would go. I was like, all right, let's go here. So we went to the mall, and she's like, we in Philly. And I'm like, oh no, we in Sheltonham. So then you cross the street and come back. You back in Philly. Cross another street, you back in Sheltonham. And I'm like, yo, you know how many niggas used to get fucked up out here <laughs> because. They be like driving like they in Philly, and I be like, "Yo, nigga, you you in Montgomery County? You gotta chill. These cops yeah. ain't got shit to do, but pull your ass over." And sure enough, they they checking your stickers and shit like that. Philly cops, they got murders. They ain't got time for that shit. Yeah. So anyway, I said all that because I'm very. So now that I live in New York, because I was here for law school for mm-hmm. for for um three years. I Where'd you go to law school? Fordham, and I lived um in the Savoy, which is over there. Um, and then I went out to L.A. and I was out there for four years, and now I've been back here. What's this year? It's 2016. Mm-hmm. So I've been back here. About three years now, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm a New Yorker, but not really. Like 
You're I, a New Yorker. I'll be seeing your tweets. Yeah, I mean, I, you tweet like me when I used to take the train. But the thing is, Philly is not that different than New York. So when people be like, people be like, you're a New York. I'm like, uh, not nah. Nah, I I I built a lot of really good friends in this city that are from Philly, mm-hmm. and they are some of my like most real friends. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I would say right now, like, um, like. I'm doing this now, and I just started managing artists. And like one of one of my friends who's like super close to me, dances is from Philly. Yeah. And it's like my other friend Steph from Philly, yeah. and you from Philly. And I'm like, damn, I'm like low key slowly <laughs> surrounding myself from Philly because people who Philly's are from like Philly like remind Brooklyn. me of the hood Brooklyn yeah, folks, it's a lot like Brooklyn, and yeah. we get along. And yeah. now that Brooklyn is white, white utopia, like I have to go out of my city to find niggas that understand me. <laughs> Yeah, because Brooklyn is a is a hood suburb, a city suburb. I went to Rihanna concert in Brooklyn, and I was like, "What happened?" Because when I was in college, yeah, this was back when white people wouldn't go to Brooklyn like Best Side. Hell like, no, wasn't going out there. They were scared as fuck. Now they sl- I, I, you know, I'm like, these motherfuckers with they K Swiss and they fucking stands. Dude, when I moved to Best Side four years ago, um, I moved to. Uh, so I live on Tompkins, which is like three, two streets over from Notion, which is like the definitive uh, yeah, separation. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so I live on Tompkins, and like Tompkins and Troop is like when you're getting to the hood side of Bed Stuy. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. once you pass Marcy, that's like all right, yeah. I'm in Bed Stuy yeah. for real. <laughs> like until you get to Malcolm X, it's like yeah. ooh. So when we moved, I remember we moved into our apartment. And we tried to order Chinese food that first mm-hmm. night, and they was like, "We don't they deliver." Yeah, they said, "You gotta come." So I turned to my roommate, and I was like, "We are in the hood," and I wasn't scared. I love living in the hood. I yeah. feel comfortable living in spaces like that. I yeah, just yeah. do. Like, I just feel more just accepted. Know the rules. Yeah, I just feel more accepted. I feel like I know the rules, yeah. like, and I don't have to worry about motherfuckers yeah. trying to like play me. And yeah. so, me and my white roommate, and she was like, "They don't deliver." She's like, "Nowhere delivers around here," and I'm like. That's how you know you we out here. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, when niggas won't leave their restaurant to come to you, that means it's savagery it's out real, here. Because it's real. Because they get robbed. And exactly. And and it's so crazy because now I sit in my house and seamless from everywhere. And like I remember every summer my roommate would be like, "There's nothing to order here," and I'd be like, "That's not true." <laughs> and she'd be like, "Oh, you're right." And now like literally my like I have a clothing boutique on the corner of my house, wow. which is dope. The black girl who did it like. It's called Sincerely Tommy. The black girl who did it, like, her, I think they said that her grandmother owned the building. And to me, she was just ahead of her time. She yeah, knew that the street was the about to become yeah, yeah, yeah. popping. So she just, she basically, like, kind of made it popping herself. But yeah, like, I have a, you know, like, I have a, like, a coffee shop. Like, I don't go shopping that? in that boutique, even though I'm, a, like, even though I make money because it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford Brooklyn. That's why I'm in Harlem. I mean, Harlem is expensive enough, but right. Brooklyn is crazy. Like, it's pretty insane, but the great thing about Bed-Stuy and a lot of the black neighborhoods in Brooklyn is that the black people own their stuff. Yeah. So, like, my mom owns the co-op that I grew, grew up in, and she wants to move out of New York and, like, give it to me. And I'm like, by the time you do that, I'll be okay with living in a reclusive, like, part of Brooklyn that's halfway down. Oh, but you gotta take that co-op, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we're keeping that. But it's like, you know, I live, I, my landlord, he lives in the house, and he just rents the yeah. top floor because he has three kids. Like, yeah. And, like, there's a lot of good deals like that in Brooklyn. Yeah. A lot of black people who are, like, I'm yeah. just trying to pay my mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. My pops just left me all this shit in Philly, but it's kind of a hassle because I have to split it with my stepmom, and it's not a student. <laughs> I know. I have I have three brothers. Only one of them has the same mom as me, but my mom is, like, pretty. I'm Haitian, so 
Haitian <laughs> men are useless. Like, they go, no, they are. Like, I love them. I love them so much. But like, they go from like their. It's like they're like babies that like are carried by their moms, and then on their wedding day, their mom like hands them to their wife. And it's Isn't like they all men though. Yeah. Basically, but like culturally, it's like stamp of approval. Like, I don't know my brother, I don't think my brother has ever done laundry. Yeah, and my brother's twenty seven years old. I can't be raising a grown man. Oh well, that's why I don't date Haitian men ever and ever, ever. Yeah. Um, mothers, stop doing that to your sons. Stop raising useless men. Show them how to cook. I have clean. two things for mothers. Stop, stop raising useless men because my father knows how to cook and my father knows right. how to clean. But also, stop raising men who only respect you. That is some real shit that I'd be really wanting to say. Yo, it's not just black so mothers, but I love that. that about black mothers. I like, have a theory on that. I'm not sure if it's true, but I'm like, you, you know, like, because for so long, like, women, that's the only thing they could do is, like, be a mother, right? Like, you mm-hmm. don't work, you can do this. So, like, you got to exalt yourself in some way, right? So, you got to put, I'm, I'm your mother. I'm like, I'm the best woman in your life. Mm-hmm. Pure, pure, that's how you exalt yourself. Like, all right, I hate this fucking life. I hate, might hate you, but you're my kids. So I got to love you. You know what I mean? So I feel like, like I feel like that's why they do that. Mm-hmm. Like, so they can always be special. They'll always be number one. So you always got that one person that like well, so everything to. If we keep it very real, we've. Um, I think this is. A, I think it's our generation, but it probably has tons of roots in the older generation. And like, I, it's not about fatherless niggas. It's just that I think that in the in the world of single mom. This, we're we're living in a generation where being a single mom now is a thing that you can do. Whereas before, our parents' generation, it wasn't that there weren't any. It was just that like not everyone preferred. was trying not to yeah, do that. What do you think about that? Though you think it's better? I do think it's better. I, really? I think yeah. I don't want there to be. I do, I always believe the kids should be raised by two parents. Yeah. I I don't believe in traditional households so much. Oh, yeah. So you I don't stick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't. I don't really. If you don't. If I don't believe in a traditional household, then I don't really see the need for your parents to be together. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, but they, they got to be, be on the same page. Yeah. And they got to both be involved. Like, yeah. I don't ever want to. Me personally, and this is not a thing. Like, I don't. I'm not pitying women that raise their children <laughs> alone. My mother raised two children. Like, yeah. I personally, I remember, like, when I was a teen being like, I know I could be a single mother. I have no interest in raising a kid by myself. Yes. Yeah, I just It's a lot. I'm so like gay as fuck, but like some things I'm like super like and I just like yeah, I, I think you should have a mom and a dad. Like, yeah, I had a mom I mean my mom died. Or, when I or was young, a mom and a, whatever it is, yeah, you should have two, two fucking fa- yeah. people. Yeah, I think you should, if you have a dad, you should know who he is and he should like raise you. Mm-hmm. you okay, you like I didn't live with my pop. I mean my mom and my it's a long story. My mom and my so I'm not my dad was married when he had me. Mm-hmm. But so my mom was basically the one that got away. So I try to clean the story up a little bit, but I mean it is what it, <laughs> it is. is. What it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so my mom, my dad had a had a wife when he had me. So um, cause my mom, you know, my mom, I was basically not supposed to be here. Like mm-hmm. you know, they had me, whatever she had me. But she was like, my mom was in college when she, my mom moved to Philly to go to school. Mm-hmm. So she's in college when she met my dad. My dad was a gangster, all that fly nigga, all of that, right? <laughs> you know, got of caught course. up. So. Um, you know, and rumor has it my dad was handsome. I don't know. I think the nigga looked regular, but nigga say he, you know, was the shit. I take their word. He for was him. pulling. That's all. Supposedly he was like, oh, you got to see this cute nigga. So anyway, yeah. So, but I, I but I, I, I'm lucky in that you know both my parents were adults and they were mature. So I didn't know a lot of shit that went down till like you know much mm-hmm. later. Like like my my um, the, so the the woman who I really so people. 
laugh at me because I don't call my th- the wife that my dad had when mm-hmm. he died. I don't call her my stepmom because the woman I consider my stepmom was his first wife. She raised me like just a, I, you know, and I'm like eight, nine, ten, and I'm like your mistress daughter and shit. I ain't no shit. I'm just walking around like doo 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 doo. I don't know shit and shit. Everybody's fucking adult, right? And they, and they, you know, they didn't let me know that shit. And then years later, I realized so so. Um, I, and I remember this trip. And then my dad told me about it later, and it, it connected me. So um, her mom lived because my dad and them they from. So my dad, my dad, his wife, and Patty Labelle grew up together. That's amazing. So they all went to um, Barstrom High School. Um, my grandma was tripping on my dad, kicked my dad out. My dad lived with her for a little while. So I kind of grew up around celebrity. They lived in Southwest. So one day, I still remember this. I was like maybe 10 or 11. My stepmom takes me to her mother's house. I'd never been there before. And we in the house, and like her, she, you know, she, her mom won't, won't talk to me though, giving me like the, just the ice grill, right? And my stepmom is like trying to, get her to talk, and I'm confused as fuck, I don't know what's going on, I'm just like, well, I guess she don't want to talk, because I don't know the dynamics and shit, so then she's like, okay, well, we're gonna leave, so we left, and then I realized later that she was trying to get her mom to, like, not be an asshole to me, her mom was being an asshole to me, so she was like, well, if you're gonna be an asshole, we gotta go, that's cool as fuck, (laughs) because I didn't know what was happening at the time, but then later, I figured it out, like, oh, okay, that was fucking cool, so anyway, I said all that to say that I think that's really important. Like a lot, you know. Listen, I feel like a lot of times people, you make the best of a, of a, of a situation. Absolutely, and you do a really good job. But I feel like people confuse that with like, oh, you know, this is how it should be. I'm like, nah. Yeah, that's that's how I've always felt. Like I'm the kid of a single mom. Like my father had me when he was 25 years old. My mother was older than him. Mother's almost 30. Like. They were married. My father left my mom three months after I was born because Dang. he's a 25-year-old yeah. man. And he was like, oh, fuck. I'm kids. handsome and wealthy. And <laughs> he was like, kids? This one was crazy. And he left. But my father has always been present. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I didn't realize. It's so crazy. I didn't realize that my father coming to see me on Saturdays was not what fathers do. So in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, my dad comes over on Saturdays. That's my daddy day. And then it was like, your father doesn't live with you? And I was like, oh, because I didn't know any other kids whose fathers live with them. You know, like I knew kids who were ma- whose parents were married, but yeah. I didn't know anybody whose fathers lived with them who didn't have like a second family situation. <laughs> yeah. Like my two brothers are born three months apart to different women. Ooh. Like so, that was the thing I figured out like later on. Like, yeah, you, you know, my father every four old. years would come in and be like, "This is your brother," and I'd be like, <laughs> "I hit, swear to God, at my father's forty fifth birthday surprise party, I was twenty years old. My mom obviously is like." In her fucking 50s, my brother is 16, and my we're waiting for my dad to show up, and my his sister, my aunt, pulls up. My brother, my father's eight brothers and sisters, so his youngest sister pulls up and is like, she's like maybe like three years older than me, and has a daughter, and she like pulls up and she's like, hey, this is your brother, and this is your brother, and this is your sister, and me and my wow. brother are like. The fuck you mean? We got one brother. Like we got one. Yeah, we like we got one extra brother. That nigga live in Florida. Like who are you talking about? And the light. I remember somebody opened the light just to see, and he looked so much like my dad. I thought my dad had snuck in the house and was trying to play a trick on me. So I was like, Are you? I was like, Oh shit! So I look at the nigga. I'm looking at this. I'm like, Nigga, you my father's son for sure. And he got my father's name and everything. But what was so crazy was. 
everyone in the room knew him and knew my brother that lived in Florida and had no fucking idea who my mother's That's kids were. That's how they do, bro. That's how they do. Yo, That's he it. did a toast and he was like, I'm going to do it. He did a toast to his mama, my grandmother, and was like, number one woman in my life. And she means everything to me. Everybody's like, ah. and then he comes and he grabs my hand. Remember, I'm 20, so like, I'm I got bangs, I got my glass, I got heels on, you know. And he grabs my hand and he's like, "This is the number two woman in my life. Like when my mother passes away, this is like, this is the queen." Like, da-da-da. and one of the old ladies just yells out. All the women are ice grilling me. Like, <laughs> yo, I look dead like my father, by the way. <laughs> like we are face twins. Yo, this woman is like. But I also look like my mom somehow. I look like both of them. Yeah, in. at the same time. Like right. Blue it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Blue Ivy's pretty much exactly me, face-wise. And so they, I just remember all the older women were looking at my father like, I know you ain't bring some fucking 20-year-old. And I don't even look, I mean, I'm 30 and I still get carded for cigarettes. So Yeah, me too. And I'm, I'm older than 30. <laughs> so I'm just like, they were all looking at my father like, I know you ain't bring some 17-year-old-ass child up in here talking about this is your girlfriend, like, we accept, we accept a lot of shit from you West Indians, but we are not accepting that. You fucking right. And my father, and I just remember someone, he was making this whole speech, and someone got fed up. And someone was like, well, tell us who the hell she is. And my father was like, this is my fucking daughter. Like, this is Judnik. Like, me, I have my father's name. My, um, my name is Judnik because my father's name is Jude, or Jules, as you say in English. And my mother's name is Nicole. So... It's unique. So, like, I have my they father's do that name. Down south too. They yeah, they, yeah. Down I have tons of together. all over the West Indies. They do the Haitians Bobby. love doing that, and it's always the father's name. Yeah. So, yeah, they. Every, my father was like, "This is my daughter," and everyone was like, "You got a daughter? What?" <laughs> and then, like, the people who had known me when I was a baby, the few people who had met me when I was a baby were like, "Oh my God, this <laughs> your daughter?" Niggas make shit so difficult. This your daughter. <laughs> How she? Oh my god! How old is she? Like niggas are wilding, and me and my mom just looking at each other, and I'm looking at my mom like, I like this is a thing that people don't know about me. So like, I grew up in a well, people do know this about me. I grew up in a very abusive home. Um, my mom is was. I mean, I found out later that this is a cycle of abuse that has gone on before her. But my mom was super abusive, like really insanely, uh, both verbal and physical. Um, I'm a cancer, so I am an empathetic and somehow forgiving human being. I. Stopped talking to my mom for like a year and a half, probably like two years ago. Like straight up blocked her and was just like, I can't do this anymore. She's a Scorpio. She's very manipulative. She got mad deep. Yeah. But the thing is, because of that, one of the number one things about me is I resent familial obligation. I will go above and beyond for anyone I love. If it's you, if it's my mom, if it's my brother, whatever, like that's who I am. Like if somebody's in the street and they're like, yo... I lost my metric card. I'm hungry. It's my birthday. I'd be like, my man, I'll take you to dinner. Like, like, or I'll take you to McDonald's. You know what I mean? I, something. But that's the kind of person I am. I feel for people a lot and people, but I do not like doing things for no reason. Like, or, or out of just obligation. Cause, just because we family. Exactly. Like, if I think you're a fucking asshole, I should always be able to think you're a fucking asshole. Like, I, believe, yes. I have no interest yes, in changing ma'am. that because you, you share genetic shit. shit. Yeah. Like, fuck you. So... With my mom, it was like, I always love my mom, and I have a lot of respect for my mom for raising me and keeping me alive, but she also, I also am alive in spite of her, so a lot of, like, she'll be like, perfect example, my mom's birthday is on Friday, and she, like, wants to do stuff, and I'm like, that's too triggering for me, because what happens is, I end up trying to earn your love back, 
So with my dad, it's the same thing. Like my dad, it was much easier because my dad was just not in the house. So when he did that, and everyone was like, "Who is this?" and da da da, I was like, "Nigga, I really only showed up because my grandmother asked me. Like I show up because I love you, and my grandmother asked me to be here. But like I really don't need this shit. That's <laughs> mad interesting because like I'm not speaking to my grandmother or my uncle right now, mm-hmm. or since for a bit now. And like my so that's like really my only. I have a small again like I have a very small family. So I have two cousins. I have. I had my father who passed, my mom who died when I was mad young, and them two. But um, my grandmother was very, excuse me, very abusive to my father. I told this story a couple podcasts ago about when he was going to get lynched. Well, the reason that he was in South Carolina and my grandmother was in Albany, Philadelphia, because my grandmother had him outside of marriage and left him down south to go be with her new husband and my uncle. She was just going to, like, leave him. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was down there, but... He would tell me he wouldn't tell me everything, but I, I've seen now that he's passed, he was kind of a buffer. I mean, I kind of knew she flipped out when mm-hmm. he was little, but he was kind of a buffer, and now I don't have that because I'm like, listen, nigga, I can I can leave you for dead. Oh, so, so quick easy. for like me too. So fucking We're easy. such cancers. <laughs> I can leave you for dead. So but this is what happens easy. when I care. I care too much for niggas to take advantage of how much I care, yeah. and that's what I try to tell people all the time. Like, I'm not emotional. I'm not emo. We not emo. I'm, I'm very aware of my emotions, right. and I'm not ashamed of we them. We manage our shit very well. Very well, well and we I give you low, as deliberate. <clears throat> exactly, and we have low tolerance for anything that fucks with that energy because. Right. I don't I don't have any control over feeling other people's energy. Right. If I, I walk into a room it. exactly. If I walk into a she room and you're being petty or or whatever you're being, I can Extra. feel it right. and it bothers me. I can't do nothing about it. <sighs> and people don't understand that. So I'm like for me it's so important that I protect me because I can't help it. If I walk in the room and you're being a bitter bitch, yeah, I feel I bitter as hell. Right, and, I and I gotta get out of there. And I ain't letting you win, man. I ain't letting you pull me down right. with the bullshit. Fuck you. Right. So I'm not speaking to them right now, and I probably won't speak to them because my like my so there's a lot of shit. Like my uncle, my dad would tell me stuff about my uncle, but I mean it was two sides. Like my dad did some shit too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like, eh, it's kind of two sides. <laughs> but my grandma, it's not really two sides. Like she been a bitch for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. But like you know whatever she also she mad old like we don't even know how old she is. she was old she was born like before they kept records on black people so she like either 100 or 89 we right. don't really know right and then she decided she wanted this new birthday all of a sudden she was always July 31st now she want to be December and it's the kind of person she is now she want to fucking harass me if I don't call in December nigga I've been fucking 30 plus years calling you on fucking July 3rd. I don't give a fuck about what that white man gave you on that piece of fucking paper. I'm not remembering on new fucking birthday. Your birthday is goddamn July 31st, and that's when I'm fucking calling you. My favorite thing about my grandmother, rest in peace, is um, she had no idea what her birthday was. She was illiterate, all this stuff, like... My grandmother was born in 1916 in Haiti, like, yep, straight up, like... She worked to white people. They don't know. keep records. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Who the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And so I remember on August 13th, we would always... You know? Yes. On August 13th, we would always walk up to her and be like, happy birthday. And she would just look at us and laugh. She would just start laughing because she'd be like, y'all know better than me. That's what she would always say. And I would always appreciate that because I was just like, we put so much emphasis on things like that. And then... To think of the people that are like, I was born, nigga. Like, every year, it's yeah. another year of my life. Yeah, and I'm bad with birthday. Let me just not know mine because it's on 4th of July. I, I shouldn't say this because she listens to my ex. 
And I'll be doing like I'll be doing like mad tricks like yo, so um, you know, for your birthday I thought it's uh so what day you wanna do it on? And then I she give me the date and I kinda figure it out because I don't wanna be like, When's your birthday? Even though it's my ex it's a whole thing. I don't know if I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty good at birthdays. I'm actually really grossly like I remember the birthdays of people I went to elementary school with. That's what Facebook is good for, man. I'm not on Facebook no more, but it'll let you know about it. Like, all the all the birthdays from my fifth grade class, I remember every single one of them. Because really? I remember, like, celebrating them. I was, like, in the same class with the same kids. I was in smart kid class, so I was, like, yeah, same too. kids, yeah, same class like, for, like, three you know years. <laughs> Bro, that handicapped you, because I be trying to tell people. Oh, hell like, yeah. Yo, when you in the smart kid class, and you come your whole life, and you go to college with smart kids, you don't realize how many dumb motherfuckers. Like, we are yep. outliers. Yep. Extreme motherfucking outliers. Yep. And then when this the fucking Trump shit and shit come on, like, you know when I figured it out? When I went to the military. Because when you go to the military, you mingle with everybody mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. and then listen even in the military even the smart niggas the dumb niggas well yeah because think about who joins the military no, even the smart niggas even the <laughs> niggas that go to like West Point oh yeah you gotta have like I mean to get in West Point is as hard as to get in Harvard like you gotta have your shit straight even them motherfuckers dumb <laughs> like and that's when I figured out like yo like I ain't the smartest nigga but I'm far from the dumbest well <laughs> I don't I don't here's the thing like I was talking to my friend like um I remember when I was in high school and I did the men's uh, whatever and yeah, I figured yeah, out my yeah. IQ and it was like 147 yeah, and I was like yeah and I just remember being a black girl and being like I can't tell nobody no, this fucking number no, and then the other, the right and then the other day my boy who's from Philly who's like crazy crazy trapper like bipolar man 168 yeah. and I said to him I was like you shouldn't even told me that because now I feel competitive as fuck again. and now I want to do the Mensa again yeah, and see if I've gotten yeah. smarter I never but tell these. <laughs> the tr- yeah the truth is that like when people tell me I'm smart like being smart isn't even the thing that I am most proud of myself for it used to be that but being logical being able to like deductively reason people, is to me the most important that drives thing. people nuts listen I have no patience with people like part of the reason like this is what I hate like, if you got a point of like, if you making sense, I'll, I'll argue, discuss, whatever. But if what you're saying is stupid as fuck, according to my logic and reasoning, give a fuck about <laughs> your feelings. I don't care about how it feels. I don't care about if you're getting triggered. You're being dumb. Like, what? But that's why I love you on the internet because I'm like, you're like kamikaze me in my head. Like, I, I hate I dumb niggas, I hate it. I can't But do I also, it. like, I'm too busy being like, I'm trying to make the world a better place and How? use language and be whatever. How can you do and it? then you be coming on the, you be coming on the top like, like fuck y'all. I don't and I be like, patience. I can't. <laughs> I can't like, like I just don't see it. I don't I see don't it. See and I'd be like, and I'm, and I'd be like, yo, like it never. Because there'd be some people that'd be like, I don't see it. And I'd be like, no, you're an idiot. And but when you say it, I'd be like, I feel you. Like you, so, you're too smart to deal with this I shit. I can't do it. Like I cannot reason with you. I can't. And I don't mind disagreeing you. with people that I find to be intelligent, right? And insightful. That's what I'm saying. If you got a logic, if you got a reasoning, and you got a rationale, and you read the books, and you did the education, and you I'm just came out, hey, cool. But niggas just be stupid, and they don't know how to think, and they don't know, how, and they don't know. And things. people don't know how to. And yo, I've been using this. You say I, people love words and hate definitions. Don't know what shit mean. Just be using words, assigning words to people that they didn't even use. Be projecting shit. Like I said, a and you arguing about z. I don't got time. Blank face. I can't do it. <laughs> but I it, it's it's a it's a huge like you know I just did a um I just did a segment on sexual harassment. And it was a huge, diverse group of people. And I already, 
I'm a fucking doc. I I have a doctorate in white people, and you and I be you and I be really like eye to eye sometimes on internet. Sometimes on internet, I, I just want to DM you on I the side. I know white like, people intimately. I know white people intimately. I'm talking 25 years of my life. Like I was in a class where yeah, I like I was in a whole. I was in a class from the time I was in third grade till, cla- yeah, till college too. I was one of three black people yeah. in the class always never like, more than that and these was like rich white people not yeah, like ri- yeah I'm talking rich. rich I'm talking yeah. Donald Trump Aspen for the summer yeah <laughs> dude one of the kids I graduated from high school with before we graduated college sold a company his first yeah. company to Google for 20 million dollars yeah. Yeah. That's who I went to school with. Yep. Like, like that at Cornell. You know, like I had a Sonic class of 125, punches. and I would say mm, six, 60 kids went to Ivy League schools. You know, yep. like on some rich kid shit. Yep. So it was like, it was diverse. It was mostly Asian because it was an actual smart kid school. <laughs> not to, not to pro the stereotype, but just to say that that's literally the what the smart kid school looked like. Go to, go to Brooklyn Tech, go to yeah, Stuyvesant. It's, it's like, because yeah. their parents like culturally look for those spaces. Yeah. But, at the end of the day, like I was a standout Negro and everything, yeah. and so I, it was never about being smart enough. It was about be, learning how to literally argue with niggas, learning how to move in a room full of vultures. Exactly. So I was like, I could never be directly like, "You're wrong, nigga." Yeah. I would have to be like, "Yeah, you're wrong and you're stupid." Yeah. <laughs> and it's a skill, and it's like a lot. Like I see, listen, I'm a professional. I work in a lot of prof- I've been a lot of places, a lot of rooms, a lot of fancy people, and you know, like. On Twitter, they always do this HBCU versus PWI conversation, whatever argument, whatever. And, you know, I just kind of laugh. But, like, I am very aware of black people, particularly, because that's who I care about, who don't know how to relate or move around or maneuver. maneuver A lot of the people that be on Twitter telling you, like, and this isn't a sub. I'm just telling you this is real life. A lot of the people that be on Twitter telling you, I don't really care about white people things. Oh, they care why the most. Why are we circle? Why they don't we? Why do, it's not even that they care the most. If you put those people in a room of white people, you'll never see people be more silent. Oh, I know. People who can't talk, black people who can't talk in a room of white people terrify the shit out of me. Because I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you allowing them to? And, I, and it's not to say I don't understand why. I, I know why. But I'm saying like. You have to be adaptable. I've you have to be adaptable. adaptable. These people, they love that. They love to see white, a yeah. black person sitting but in between them and not be able to talk. they think that's all you catering to white folks. Nigga, it's a white world. And, and, and you should always be. Like you should never be in a place where you cannot function. Where you are silencing yourself. Right. Like you, you, I can, so, you can put me anywhere. You put I, me anywhere. Yeah. I'm broke as fuck, but I can move among rich people because I've been among rich people. I know how they talk. And them motherfuckers, I'm so good. Them motherfuckers think I'm rich. Right. Because I know how to act. That's <laughs> right. what I'm saying. I've been walking through the stores like, yep. And like whenever I go to eat, people are always like, you treat waiters. I'm a really nice person if you're a good server but if, if you, you are not, not a good server I become the most elitist yeah, bitch I like I don't look you in your eye I literally yeah. like wave your ass right. away like, like because I'm like you got one job bro you got one yeah, goddamn one job. job and listen my friends I grew up my my father's business was a restaurant I worked in food service for 13 I've been a waitress I've been a cook I've been a bar back I've been all that shit I know how the shit's supposed to go I could go in any New York restaurant in New York City and run that shit and tell you what's fucking wrong with this shit and you taking too long to get to your tables because right. your area is too big and you got her, listen, I have no patience for it. My friend's like, you so rude. I'm not rude. She got one job and she ain't doing and it. And she ain't doing it. And I know I'm a good, and I know I'm a good customer because exactly. I know what I want to eat. So it's like, I feel the same way. Like, all the, I be watching, like, that's why I be laughing. Like, 
I say whatever the fuck I want on the internet, and I tell you people can like, tell who, who don't know yeah, I'm like, yo, I be talking about white people all the time, but I be surrounded by white right. people. I, I date white people. White people. I'm, I'm fucking like, I'm one of the last of my friends to still date white people, and it's like, but I'm like, at the end of the day, like. All these motherfuckers that be telling you they don't care what white people think or why we so why we so caught up in white people. Put them motherfuckers in the middle of goddamn sixty six in Amsterdam and let them try to order a Chipotle burrito and you'll see how these niggas will urinate themselves. Cause me, I say nigga in front of white people and maybe the people be like, I can't believe you say that in front of white people. I'm like, cause I don't actually care. I actually don't give a shit. And if they say it, I'm gonna let them know. Because to me, not caring about white people doesn't mean that I'm not going to point out all the ways that whiteness holds us back in this world. I'm going to tell the truth. And, like, that's why people be like, oh, you always ranting about white people? So what? My whole life, my whole life is around them. I'm around them all the time. This is the thing about the people who don't care about white people. They really do. You notice these motherfuckers, everything they do is oriented off of white people. I truly don't care. They be like, oh... So and so, oh, white people tend to be so mad. I'll be like, are they? They probably not, because you're still black and broke, and they really don't give a fuck. If you want, honestly, truly, if you want to know, they really don't give a fuck. But like everything, those be the main ones. But there's so another. There's also a subsect of that group that is also like, we don't care about white people because they don't want to be bothered with repeating all the ways that white people like. There's like, I don't care about white people. Like we can do whatever we want. Like we don't need to worry about them. Like da 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 da. And I'm like. That's cute. What world do you live in? <laughs> like, do you live outside? It, to me, that's the same. That that's that's to me that's cute. <laughs> is a, is the equivalent of people who say white people who go, "I live outside the system." You ever hear white you people say that? Though. Right. You ever hear white people be like, "I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't participate in white supremacy. I'm not yes, a racist. I live outside the system." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? The system is literally created for you. It's all like, set up for you." Like. The system was literally created, like, even if you try to tap out of the system, the system is like, yeah. no, I'm trying to save you from yourself. Unsuccessful white people are, like, the worst in the world, bro. Like, you have to actually work to be like, an unsuccessful white person. Unsuccessful white people, I'd be like, nigga, if black people had, if we had to fucking shit start how y'all start, nigga. We can I, can I tell now. you a real thing? I mean, I've admitted this before. I never give white homeless people money. Oh, me neither. And, uh, not, not, not I can talk ever. to St. Peter about it at the gates, but I'm ever. like, that's a waste of white skin. You're not crazy. ever. I'm sorry. All right, we've been ran. So look, <laughs> so this is this is what I wanted to do. Are we making good time though? We actually yeah, we're good. Not I'm having fun. Okay. So last week, um, we didn't do our. You, you you want some more of that? Uh, go into your thing. I'll get some more. I have these things. <laughs> okay. Um, so last week we did our yours and negative twos and I meant to give, uh, yours and negative two to Moonlight cause I went, I went and saw it, uh, last Wait, it's called yours and what? Negritude. Oh, I like that. Yours and negative. <laughs> no, we stole it from, so did you see the best scene on HBO with Queen Latifah? Yeah. So we stole it from, cause okay. they sent her up, they said, um, when they right. told her they wasn't going to get a record contract, they said yours and negative So I, I, <laughs> I took that. Um, yeah, so I wanted to give it to Moonlight because I went and saw it. I went to Lincoln Center right over by Amazing. Fordham Law to watch it. And, oh, my God. So I, I came on here and I ran it about how I hated Birth of a Nation. And Oh, you saw Birth of a Nation. Thank yes. you for doing that. Because <laughs> it couldn't have been me, nigga. Let me tell you niggas something. I'm Haitian. Um, if you niggas want props for me for making movies about revolutions, I need to see some white babies dying. If I don't see niggas, if I don't see white children no, they, getting their head cut off. Yeah, it wasn't white children. It was, they cut a white dude's head off. No, I need to see white children getting their faces bashed in with a hammer. Because you know what? When white people do horror movies, they have no problem, like, showing some 
wild shit happening. You know, nobody had a problem showing uh, what's his face in Twelve Years a Slave hanging from the tree and getting his nuts cut off oh, and no, getting no. eaten by Django, a dog. Django, yeah, or Django getting yeah. eaten by a dog. Django, but whenever it's white people, we can't show them getting their faces blown off. So as far as I'm concerned, Nat Turner's cute, but when you niggas are ready to do a real movie about like some real white people killing, Baptiste. I'll be right here. Yeah, when you ready to do that, Baptiste, that l'ouverture, I'll be over here. Ah, okay, so... I meant to give it last week, so we're going to give it this week. And I'm glad... I didn't think Squad was going to see Moonlight. So I'm glad that... <laughs> glad that's why I didn't watch it. Yo, I cannot... So y'all know I like movies and shit. And I like everything from, like, you know, highball Oscar shit to, like, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer. Like, I just like movies, right? If they're good. Same. So, yo, I cannot... This movie, like... Yo, it was I don't so... want to use a superlative, but it... Is definitely the best movie I've seen this year. It's so fucking good. Like I didn't think I was gonna. That shit had me in there like with allergies in some parts. That shit had me in there like, um, what did you call it? like when you hold your breath? Like what's yeah, going? That's happen? what I was for the whole thing. That shit had me fucking clapping. Like when he when he came in there and finally hit through with that chair, I was like, yes, God. Oh, listen, like, yes, I knew he was coming because my brother works like that. <laughs> so me and my mother work really fast. So my brother works on the balls of his feet. So whenever you see a nigga come through, like, bouncing on the top, I'm like, oh, that nigga can fight. So from the minute, like, I really love the way it was shot, even though it's, it gave me a shot. lot of anxiety. Like, pan, um, shots where the camera is following the yes. person is very wired to me, so I, I get ready for the head to get blown off. But when he walked into that school and he was walking on the walls of his feet and he was bobbing and he had his mouth like that, man. Like, yo, I'm about to I was like, oh, it's a new day. He bought them. He picked that chair up and ended that that nigga. Yes, my nigga. Yes, about fucking time. I went to see it in the middle of the day with all these old white people, which. Yeah, it was mad white people. Shockingly enough, I've seen a lot of the most important black movies with like a room full of old white people. I just love going to see movies with old white people because. One, they're latently racist, so they always turn to the first black person in the theater, and they're like, <laughs> but like they're also amazing movie critics because this is all they do. Yeah, so yeah, they'll yeah. be like, "What a great story!" What? Like they fill the room up with. So I always love watching with them because when young white people laugh at certain things, you know, when you go to like when you go to Twelve Years a Slave and white, young white people are laughing, yeah. you're like, "Yeah," what? you know. And old white people are very respectful in the way they watch movies. A lot yeah. of lack of, like, reaction. They yeah, They're very, they like, you have to be quiet. Yeah. And so I went and I saw it, and I just remember there were tons of young black people in the theater, but also, like, tons of old white people. And it was one of the first movies where we got up, and everyone was in reflection. No one was Mad quick. quiet, right? No You're one turned like... to anyone. It was trying to be like, oh, and it was a great movie. Like, it wasn't like it left you on a sad note. Which, can I say, I would like to talk to you about this, too. Like, but... Just to say, like, everyone got up and everyone was, like, just satisfied. Like, everyone was, like, I just need to go meditate at home so and drink a nice little glass or something <laughs> and think about what I just watched and cry a little bit for it my man. so great. But the um, the thing that I was going to say is my, huge, my biggest anxiety about the movie, and I told my girl this when she was about to go see it, like, a couple days later, was that so many movies that feature us, whether it be us as queer people or us as black people or an amalgamation of both always end in tragedy there always has to be some sort of like like you know like have like you seen some carol mm-mm. it's like i don't like when it's like oh like so, one character has, has to, to die, die or go yeah or like or, or like shit. suffer through some yeah. shit like the idea that a story can culminate and just be, be yeah 
And it's not a happy ending where it's like, oh, they lived happily right, ever after. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. Yeah. All you know is this person arrived. Like, it's a coming-of-age story in the way that white people get coming-of-age yeah, stories, right? right? There's no end. It's just a reckoning. It's just a, a self-actualization. And so long, like, my fucking stomach in the movie was like... I was Man, like, if this nigga die, it. I'm gonna die. I was like, I if this just, nigga dies, like, I'm literally, I could never watch this movie again. I was so hurt when, um, what was the, what was this, the, the dude's name? The drug dealer dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just Juan. died with no explanation. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, what but happened you, But you also, the thing I love about it is that the way that they did that was that it was expected. I you know, know, but I'm just like, And I love that because it was like, you didn't think that he was going to live for forever. I was like, wait right. a minute, where was the service? I wanted to see, I was like, yo, my nigga, why? And it, but, it, but it's true, it's like. I love that part because it is the way that when you are growing up in that situation and you, you know, like I lost a bunch of trap niggas and that's how it happens. Like, you know that, you know that their time is limited and you wake up one day and that time is My up. My feelings were so hurt. But I was you know, hurt too. I was man. like, but also shout out to Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet be getting checks, my nigga. She, up, Ooh, she be popping up in mad shit. the city's finest. I don't like her music. I don't see what y'all getting her, but she's she's pretty. Her, my God. See, her people, face structure is Oh really my God, she's so beautiful. And then she has that like, I'm sorry, but that Midwest Southern accent. Oh, that should be turning me on. Like Midwest Southern women, when y'all talking y'all nice little draw. That's also why I love Rihanna. Um, Bajans are the southern people of the West Indies. Nigga, that so my six oh. of my I grew up my dad is like whatever. Oh. Um growing up my first boyfriend was a ginger Bajan man. So like I forgot the word we use. There's a word in West Indies for people that are born with red hair because obviously we're all slaves and mixed. But um my first boyfriend was like a black man with red hair from, from the Barbados. And his father and his father's friends kind of sort of adopted me when I was like 12 years old and they were just like my father's on the block like they would sit me down I would sit on the stoop with them for hours I would drink beer with them like they always took care of me protected me whatever also because they wanted me to marry their kid but like I had like six or seven surrogate Bayesian fathers so I have a really thick Bayesian accent that comes out randomly and people be like it's the best thing what the fuck and I'm like yo Bayesians are the southerners of the West Indies. They talk with a low drawl, like the way Rihanna talks. Yeah, because she and she cleans it up. But like when she doesn't want to have an accent at all, you would never even know she's from the Caribbean. Like maybe from London, but not like yeah, she, yeah. You'll think she's from London. Yeah. You might think she's foreign, but you wouldn't yeah. think that she's no, there. not American at all. Right? But it's not because when Jamaican people, even when they clean their accent up, you can still hear that lilt. Mm-hmm. But with her, when she wants to get rid of it completely, it's gone. No, but Bayesians, like, have a drawl that I Jeez, man. love more than anything. So whenever I hear Rihanna talk, she's I'm just best. like, you, every part of you turns me on. Nigga, are you right? She's so fucking swag. I'm like, how you be so fucking perfect? But the thing, like, the thing about yeah. Rihanna that I always remind people is every West Indian girl loves Rihanna because she's not that she's special and not special at the same time. It's very hard to explain. She's she's super special no, because she mean. is exactly like all the West Indian girls right. I know. But Everything about her is like every girl I grew up with. But fuck. exactly, she's just a pop star. Yeah. And the thing about her that's amazing is that she is able to be a pop star while being Regular, literally real round. Of, yo, everything she do. When they was like, oh, she went to the thing with the doobie rap, I was like... And it looked spectacular! I was like, yeah, West Indian <laughs> girls will roll up to anything with a doobie rap. I'll roll up anywhere in a doobie rap. Like, I don't give a damn. She's so fly. So nobody can talk about Rihanna. I'm like, y'all, y'all got y'all favorites, but like... And I didn't even like her until 
2012, maybe? Yeah. I remember, that. I used to write about her on the, um, my beat on the fader when I started to write on the fader was kind of her shit, and it was right around um, Rated R, and I That's remember someone I sent me, someone sent me, and I had, I had liked some of her stuff before, but I never paid attention to her, right, I, was exactly. like, I was like, oh, I was like, these white people ain't gonna let you be Right, good, exactly. But once she did Umbrella, I was like, you're gonna be a star. Once she, she cut her hair and went dark, I was it's, like, yeah. you are a star, you have it. Yeah. So, I kind of fucked with her from Good Girl Gone Bad, but I didn't give her, like, a lot to of burn, I just knew all her songs, and I fucked with her. During Rated R, I was down with her because I was just like, I'm not here for this fuckboy Chris Brown. Yeah, like, grabbed it by the throat. Like, listen, bitches. And Rated R, I was like, oh, this is... I was like, whoever's, like, guiding you, like... Get, I was like, you're in a bad place, and niggas are trying to make you make money right now. Listen, but I loved Hard, and I wrote a... I remember I wrote a little piece on Hard. I was just about to say, Hard is, like... Hard is one of my favorite Rihanna songs. That's one of my favorite Rihanna songs of all time. Oh, my God. And Jeezy's on that bitch, so you that really can't say is, nothing. Oh, my God. I was like, yo, she was letting niggas she know. She went... She said, yo... When she said, where the bloggers at? Where the bloggers at? I see you on my pedestal, but right. I'll be up here for, for a little good, bit. For a good, time, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, yo. I so, I, Hard was that, and I remember hating Rated R, and I wrote a, uh, I wrote a piece That's on, I wrote a blog about Hard on Fader, and I was like, this song is dope, but I don't get the shit. And I was like, baby girl, whoever is telling you whatever they're telling you, dead them. And then Loud came out, and I listened to Loud for three months straight. Are you kidding? I, I listened to Loud for three months straight. I hate it. I, I, hate it. I, I thought Cheers was like, Cheers was my song. I was like, oh, this bitch done did a motherfucking bar song for when I'm with these white people and they that's keep wanting to buy me shot in a like beer. It. I feel like Loud is her most choreographed. Like, oh, it is. It's like a album. super, yeah, I like, love SNL. I'm going to give them this. I'm going to give them that. I'm going to give them that. But I just loved it. It was the first time I listened to her, and I was like, "You are it. This is it. This is." She's pop. definitely it. And then every album from that has been nothing, nothing but fucking but glory and, and, until we get to anti like album of the year. And I fucking told y'all it's the album of the fucking year. And I, I got a feeling they're gonna try to cheat her out of it, but maybe not. But they already to be articles. to be honest. Um, the only thing I care about next year is that her solo get Grammys. That's all I give a shit about. Like. I want Solo. I want Solange to get a Grammy because I think she put a lot. I love the album, mm-hmm. um, and I think she put a lot of work into it. And yeah. I think, I think, even if you don't, it's not just about the content of the album. I think Solange put an album of someone. I think she did a better job than Kendrick. Kendrick tried to put an album of all black music together and like jazz and, and all no shit. And to me, spirit to it. So, just, Solo put her spirit into that yeah, shit. Yeah, because so even if you don't, even if the. Right. Even if you don't, even if you don't want to, like, you know what Kendrick is like when you read the Cliff Notes, but don't read the book. Well, Kendrick, as much as I love him, has no personality. That's like kind of his. That's the kind of thing that holds him back. Like, what is Kendrick like as a real person? You can't tell. No. I think he's a quiet, shy, very like reserved yeah. human being, and it's like there's a charisma that is required to be like niggas hate Drake but Drake is the most Drake charismatic, is charismatic motherfucker that's of what all I'm trying time. to say a star is you got a star is a star and they got a charisma that other people don't even, have um, even I'll say this contention like Kid Cudi niggas hate Kid Cudi but like the people that love, but like when Cudi's on I don't hate him I just hate him well, yeah, that's oh yo. There's so many people that are like I don't like Cudi's music but I love Cudi the person and I'm like yeah because Cudi the person 
bipolar or not is charismatic as hell. Like yeah, when he's important. yo, I watch How to Make It in America episodes just to watch Cuddy. It was one of the best shows on HBO. They cut it so quick. Why? Well, because the white dudes were getting more airtime than Cuddy, and Cuddy was the star of the show. They Cuddy was the star of the show. Man, they didn't give it a chance, but they got this fucking Westworld and all this bullshit on anyway. But to bring it back, it's just like I fuck with that movie. I fuck with Janelle Monae's fucking draw southern you know like the way she talks just like literally makes it crazy she's from kansas city right? yeah. yeah um and like i i just we don't get enough movies as black people that let us just be live people. and be black and go through the like i always say this like you know when when reese witherspoon got that like oscar nomination for that movie the hike where she like hiked her grandma that she hiked it. through i never watched it either but you know what i mean like we don't never get movies like that there's never a movie where the black person is like my grandma my mother died i'm gonna go on a long trip and right, meet people and discover shit. shit and be able because a lot of times obviously that's because these white writers don't know how to write blackness and or how to grow up the black blackness but to see a movie like that right to see a movie like that where a black gay man is simply being. growing up and being and going through love and discrimination and, you and pain. Like no white people in that movie? Like they, no, they because it didn't make sense. Because it didn't make sense. This is how it is. Like We don't fuck with y'all. Like, right. Really. This is the same thing that they be talking about when they be like, oh, it's not realistic to have a black person in the movie. It wasn't realistic yeah, to have a white, white person, person in that movie. It really wasn't, yeah. And I really, I... He was so sweet. And you know, other thing I liked about it, this is what I really liked about it. And I also, I went to see it at Lincoln Center. Nothing but old white people up on West Side. You know how to I was going to go see it there too. And the thing that I kept noticing is like, on the surface, right? He's a real, like he's the type of nigga them niggas would grab their purse from. Like he had his gold fronts in. He has little low fade chains. He's a trap nigga driving in the car. But he was so tender and so delicate and so quiet. And I just, that, that, and I was sitting in the theater and I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if these white people are going to go out now and have the same viewpoint that they always have. Or when they see somebody like that now, are they going to wonder, hey, is this nigga really a thug or is he like, you know what I mean? Like, are they going to understand that, like, yo, I wanna, that dude has a personality. Like, he's I want to believe that they are able to be perceptive, but white people are the most dense people of all time. They're able to they compartmentalize, really compartmentalize things in a way that I just don't even understand. Like, yeah. They can separate so many, but I mean that's the privilege of being that's white privilege at its best. Ability, it's like yeah. the ability to separate things just and make one thing decide, not seem like it has anything to do with the shit other. Is what you wanted to be. But yeah, but it's like what I talk about when, um, you know, I had a uh, my friend Doreen we were doing New York Times podcast was talking not not podcast she tweeted about this she had said, you know, I know that a lot of white women are friends with me because I'm a skinny educated black I'm I, I'm an educated black woman and I'm thin, and it's like it's true like. I think about that too all the time. Like, white women love me, even though I be telling them that they're the like the fuck boys of the earth. White women are the fuck boys of the earth. That is fact. That is a fact. And even though I be saying that they love me because it's like in my skin and you know what I mean? Like I fit I fit what they know as a non threatening Negro. I went to all white schools. I speak intelligently, even if I'm saying nigga, even if I'm whatever, they feel like even if I call them a racist, I'm gonna be able to explain why. You know, I won't yell at them or make them feel punch bad, them. And I'm like, white tears. yeah, and I'm like, that's crazy because I'm actually more cruel than a nigga yeah, on the street. Like, I can you for <laughs> I really want to make you cry. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, and like, I'm thin. I fit the body type. You know, the Euro European centered body type. Like, 
They don't, you know, I, I fit in. It's like sorta, sorta, yeah, yeah. You all, you got. I'm small enough. I'm small enough to have the if kind of saw, butt that they want. I, yeah, because it makes sense them, to them. If they saw you without that sweater on, oh yeah, they'd be like, salty. <laughs> oh yeah, white girls salty. get wild salty when I take my shirt off. They feel salty. But it's like you. I think about that all the time. About like as black people who navigate the white world, and like I also think about when you talk about like. Being mixed and having a whole part yeah. of your family that, yeah. like, when you roll up in there, they can't, they don't know. Like, you'd be like, Yeah, I'm fancy and stuff. I'm gonna kill like, all you yeah. this bitch. And it's, it's the truth of us. It's the truth of, but this is what I talk about going back to Moonlight. This is what I talk about. It's unfortunate that whenever we talk about diversity, it's always from the point perspective of there's a bunch of white people, now let's diversify them. Right. Instead like of it being people. like, we should have started this way and then it'll just be diverse. And so the thing that I always tell people and you can call it reverse racism, you fool, is that if five black people started a company, they would hire more diverse people than five whites. I I always, so right here on this corner of Harlem, two summers ago, I was walking down the street, there's this old lady sitting on the corner and she described white people perfectly and I've never forgot what she said because my dad would always tell me, because my dad, you know, he was a black Muslim. He went to regular Muslim later, but for like most of my time he was a black Muslim. And he would always tell me, he was like, if you, you know, white people think they're default, they think they're uh, what it should be and everybody else is divergent or whatever. He was like, but if we look at the world, who's the outlier? It's not us. Everybody, black people all over the place. Everybody in the world is colored. The only reason you get lighter is because those motherfuckers came and conquered. So, um, this lady on the corner, um, you know, she was fighting gentrification, fighting a good fight, but it ain't gonna happen. But anyway, and she described white people as weeds. Yep. It was like they come in and they fucking take over and they just make shit look worse. They don't offer anything. They don't bring any. Culture. Yeah, they don't. They don't bear new fruit. They don't. They right. don't fertilize the soil. They just appear, take over, right. and stand. And so, like, that's why, like. Even on Twitter, niggas be, I be like, listen, I'm not, I, I can't get upset because, look, if you look at, like, the history of the world, like, the millions of years there's been human beings, like, white people basically, it's white supremacy, it's like white takeover the globe, whatever you want to call it, it really has, like, been a thousand years, since the fall of Rome to, let's say, now. Yep. About, about a thousand years. Yep. In the span of all time, that's nothing. That's Yo, like I love that. Can I say this? Philly niggas are the niggas that always bring this up to me. They're like, white people only learn how to use language like a thousand it's years ago. True though. It's <laughs> and true. I'm like, right. It's true. Them up the dark ages because them motherfuckers used to eat each other. They couldn't read. They couldn't write. They fucking they had they even had a number one. Like niggas couldn't count past nine until they met Arabs. Arabs had to give them a fuck like you fucking idiot. You don't just make piles of nine, nigga. You add this and add a zero on the one ten. and you make it ten, bitch. Like what you doing? Like, they didn't know nothing. This is so true. Like, they didn't know shit. They didn't have salt. They didn't have pepper. They didn't nothing. Yeah, I mean, them niggas literally traveled the world to find spices that they don't use. And I try to tell people, like, they call us barbarians. You know what a barbarian was? Barbarians in Rome were anybody north of the wall. You know where the Roman wall stopped? Fucking northern Europe, where white folks were. North of the wall, you fucking barbarian. The Vikings, the Celts, the, the blue-faced Celts, the Vikings, the fucking Visigoths, all you European that's in France. You, know, and you were the original you barbarians. Were the barbarians. You were the uncivilized. So that's why I never had... I mean, people forget the Moors, when you read in... in a, the Moors are black Africans, and the Moors in any kind of thing you read about were seen as some sort of royal, random Everybody. folks that would come out of nowhere and be like, I'm going to trade with you niggas, I'm going to get what I need, and I'm going to get the fuck and out I'm of here. Everybody. That's why, so that's why, this that's why they call them the Moors. Anything that is named, like, you go through history Moorish. and think of all the names that they give 
Spain. black people. That's why Italy and them niggas got kinky ass hair now because the Moors are running up in y'all, killing y'all, and conquering. That's why whenever the people be using Italian girls as like, oh well, they're like the black white girls. No, 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 no girl. <laughs> they're white. They're white as fuck. It's in but, Europe. But they just had. They was very close to Africa. They got conquered. <laughs> um. So that's why, like, I can't. That's why, like, white. I don't know if a part of like race. I just always knew my history. My daddy always made sure I knew mm-hmm. my history, and he was like, "Look, you, but you got to know this side too. Like, you got to know both sides." So I never that white supremacy and that that feeling of like inferiority and, and this shit never set in with me because I know who I know my yeah. history. I know where we came from. I know Egyptians wasn't white; they was black. Hello, I know we. In, you go to Egypt, man. Right now. I had a, I had a friend who tried to explain to me that Egyptians were. He had gone to Egypt, and he um, explained to me that Egyptians were. He was like, "Well, actually, they're a race that's like not white nor black." And no, I was that's like, not "That's true. That's not bullshit. true." They, <laughs> they light skin now. The same reason I'm light skin, right? The interbreeding, but motherfuckers in the Bible days didn't look like you because y'all motherfuckers calling around in caves. They look like. And I was like, the idea that there is a race that is not black or white for history it's purposes nonsense. is foolish. It's, it's a bunch it's of nonsense. Fun. I'm like, that's because white people wrote the Can't, history books and right. told y'all. No, they weren't white nor black. The, yeah, of yeah. course they weren't white nor right. black once they was black. Right, because they, right, exactly. Because if they had been they white, right, they would have been like, they're white. white. That's what they kill when they be like, like, you'd be like, well, you know, Jesus, well, what difference do it make? If, well, if it don't make a difference, why it can't be black then? <laughs> it don't make a difference, right? It only make a difference because he ain't white. Now it's what difference do it make? When he was white, it's cool. It was he all good. Sure like nobody white, exactly, right? and that's that's the jig. That's the jig of the shit. It's like you, you. We have all these people that fight for all. And like my thing is, I will never go out of my way to defend a white person. Like I'll defend the truth, right? I'll and stand against a lie, the white, then and it and it just happened to benefit your white ass, so it yeah. be it. But you will never see me go out of my way yeah, to defend, help, or validate white people. But see, that's got a bad side too because I see exactly. a lot of black people bend over backwards to defend black fuck shit just because it's black fuck But shit. here's the thing and that I, I can't people, do it. If we really, like, I only believe in one thing. This is my only philosophy. Like, I have two philosophies. I have a tattoo that says every nigga is a star because every nigga Where is, is a star. On my forearm? Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I have a tattoo that says every nigga is a star. I mean, a white man writing on me. <laughs> but the reason I have that is because, you know, I'll I'll, I'll make this example. Um, when Obama became president, who is it that made the joke that was like, Obama's not the first black person that could have become president. He's just the first black person that y'all let be president. And the idea behind that is you want to make it seem like Obama's some special black some person special that worked. Yeah. There are three million Negroes that could be president in the United States. Y'all yeah. niggas won't let none of them niggas Not go nowhere. Because you know if you get, because y'all know if we get in there, we take over. So that's what they're saying. They're saying Obama is the first black president. He's not the first black person that could have been president. Yeah, because that, because then that kills. That kills a lot because they really believe that they, they really believe that he's one of one and yeah. he he did some magic right. concoction. And he's it's, a special. I could Negro. be president. You could be president. Like I know a lot of people that are literally politically savvy enough that could have gone to law school, could have done all of that, and could be president. Like I am one hundred. Dude, I work at nightlife. You think I can't be a politician? They got Donald Trump as a nominee. That's how incompetent you could be as a white person and make it. But black people, we gotta be like, what's the joke Chris Chris Rock said? Yeah, my neighbor's a dentist. He said, I gotta. He said, I'm the top of the top. I work twenty years. He said, the white person that lives next to me, he's a dentist. That's the best joke you ever made. And it's so fucking true. Like, y'all motherfuckers swear, y'all. It's yeah, true. it's like, we could do, you could be nothing as a white person and get, that's why I, when they say they live out, like, oh, I don't live in the system, I'm like, 
Get the fuck out of here, your little fun, your GED crust punk used to do heroin, stopped doing heroin, Listen. never went to college. Ass is Listen. making more money than me, Listen. and I'm one hundred ten thousand dollars in debt for going to a private to, Ivy League school. When I went to law school, I was going to go do entertainment law. So I did these internships and like the shit I did. You know why I didn't get to like work at the firm that I really wanted to work at is because when I was graduating school, it was twenty ten and. The, Kind of was collapsing, and they all wanted you to work for free, and they all wanted you. And guess who could afford to work for free? Fucking motherfuckers whose dad was like Irving Asimov, and all these fucking rich people that already mm-hmm. had. And guess who they hired? They firms, them people. So I went out to L.A. and then, you know I got it how I live, and I shook and moved. But it's like I figured it out. Like yo, these motherfuckers ain't gonna hire us. They hire they fucking kids and they kids friends, and that's how they keep that shit that's in there. That's what I was saying about fashion. Like yes. I was busting my ass. I was the best intern anyone ever had. I had all the efficiency. I had all the things. But when it came time to hire someone, some random white girl who could work for two dollars an hour, whose mother was an editor of Vogue, right. would get the job. It didn't right. matter that I had put in six months. It didn't right. matter that the clients had seen me all around or knew who I was or I knew everything about yeah. the designer. All that mattered was. The way, and that's what nepotism is. That's what elitism is. Yeah. That's why and when people be trying to separate classism and you racism, can. I'm like, they're the same thing. And they know that. They set that shit up. They know that only rich kids can afford to work for free. So that's why they put that shit on there. They don't want no hustlers. All right. So we write it in hour 15, so it's a good time. Yeah. So normally we do, at this point, anybody got you fucked up. But <coughs> nobody really has me fucked up this well. I kind of ran it before about, you know, this new job. I like it, but they got me doing, like, we don't... Oh, I ran about my new job, because it kind of got me fucked up, too. <laughs> we got, like, all these, like, jobs that still need to be filled, so well, until they're filled, like, we're kind of doing it, like, and, you know, I didn't get hired to be, like, a, a an assist, like, I've, like, technical expertise and shit, like, that's what I'm there for, but, like, we don't have the, we don't have the administrative support, so we gotta do shit, like, when we have phone calls, like, we gotta keep them in, like, secretary shit, that it just ain't my shit, right, I don't know how to do it, and they got me doing it, and it should've stressed me the fuck out, because they got particular, and they gotta be this, and they gotta be in this spreadsheet, and that word, and you got, man, listen, Y'all got me fucked up. I'm not no motherfucking secretary. I don't know how to do that shit. Y'all better call Miss Barbara or whoever. Y'all need to hire the people in there. So today, my boss, who is a German, let me know he fed up too. Because they got him doing the same shit. He got to keep his on me. And he's like, listen, we're going to hire. I told her we're going to get our positions. We're going to hire somebody. We get the spots because we are not here to do this. We are vice president. We don't here to do this this bullshit. So I'm like, right. thank you. Because, nigga, this is not my fucking job. So... That shit got me fucked up. Like setting up meetings and putting shit on people's calendars. And come on, man. I, uh, got me fucked up. Anybody got you fucked up? Um, so I'm working this new job in nightlife. Uh, I book two event spaces seven days a week. So I pretty much, on a good week, I book 14 parties a week. <laughs> on a, I mean, on a good week, I probably book like eight parties a week. But, um,. Yeah, uh, being a woman with power in the culture, y'all niggas got me fucked up because you niggas think I can't add, you niggas think I can't read, you niggas think that, like, you niggas think that I'm beholden to you, this is a mutually beneficial relationship, I'm not better than anyone because I have a venue, you're not better than me because you have a party, what I do need to happen though is, I went to school, I got a brain. I can read. I can read. And I need y'all to stop jumping up in my shit and trying to come at me with y'all weak ass, corny ass 
Swindles Like Y'all know he just swindling me Like Niggas be like hi And I be like Oh these niggas gonna swindle me They be like hey I be like And like yeah, I just yeah, love yeah. It's just You know when you're a woman You just watch motherfuckers Like literally Try they to don't play even, you And yo th- My favorite thing about Y'all trying to play me as a woman is Y'all don't even check y'all game Like Y'all don't even be like, yo, is my scam set? Like, right, not even slick. They be like, nah, I'm going to just try anything. Just she, she, got a, she got a vagina, you so fuck it. Fuck. So I just want y'all to know, y'all must have got me fucked up and think that I got to age 30 and don't know a scam when I see one. I've been running. I'm from Brooklyn. I've been running with scammers since I was a kid. I got the plug at every department store. Talk That's how long shit. I've been scamming. Talk your shit. Like, I got niggas that call me and try to run up on you niggas, and I call them back. Like, that's the life that I live. I'm not an unprofessional. I'm one of the most professional motherfuckers in the world, but I grew up where I grew up. So if you motherfuckers think that I... If y'all want to keep getting me fucked up and thinking that I can't read and thinking that I can't add, that is cool. I just want y'all to know y'all got me fucked up. They try to sell you so sure like you Oh they be trying to motherfuckers, motherfuckers try to sell me a bridge every life. day And this ain't even a sub to one person or another Literally motherfuckers try to sell me a bridge Every day Yeah <laughs> I know that life Like they swear you don't But know it's cool about. like I didn't I, Yo I didn't get here and I didn't get to be the kind of woman that I am By like taking people Talk your shit Yeah by taking people for bullshit like I was a scammer too. I used to run scams. <laughs> like my niggas taught me how to do this shit. So yeah, you gotta. I just I don't even I don't even like want to shade y'all or whatever. All I ask is that if you are gonna work with me or if you believe that I can help you or you can help me, then please approach me with some respect. Because if you don't, it's really no sweat off my back to be a bitch. I love being a bitch. So. I love fly niggas, yo. Yo, I love fly niggas. I don't know what the name of this show gonna be. I will figure it out, but I'll post it. But thank you so much. Um, it's I'm been very a happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. You and Swap. Thank you. Um, bailing me out here, coming to Harlem, and all of that. And um, which I don't know. Like you got an idea for the name? You just be coming with a name now. He said so many dope shit though. Oh man, I think it's something. We'll think of something. Yeah, it It'll is. probably be offensive. Sorry, yo. <laughs> yo, neither be complaining about our titles. I think our titles be good. Man. I love y'all titles. Yeah, like, the title really should be y'all don't think. So, because really the whole thing is about how y'all don't think. Anyway, true. election day is coming. Yeah. Please vote. Don't be a fucking idiot. Please don't waste your votes on some stupid idiot. But if you really feel like you absolutely cannot press the Hillary Clinton button, write in respect. Write in whatever the hell you want. Just write in something else. Don't vote for Trump because you can't vote for Hillary. Hillary's going to be a good fucking president. She is. Unfortunately, I hate to say I'm not a big fan of hers, but she really is going to slay the shit. She's a capable woman, and y'all falling for the jig with all these scandals. Just want y'all to know. That's another podcast. All right, y'all. So, um... I don't have a title. I ha- I don't even know what episode this is. I'll have seventy nine. I do. Dang, seventy nine. Okay, episode seventy nine. This is not my job. Swab used to do these outros and shit because it's not my forte. But <laughs> I'm, I'm you know doing the best I can here. Anyway, thank you so much, and peace. See y'all next week.